Welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for today's episode is myopia progression as a function of sex, age, and ethnicity. And now I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Dave Kading, our topical expert, Dr. Anita Tichuk, and our lead topical editor, Dr. Andrew Pucker. And now I'd like to turn it over to Dr. Kading in the studio. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We are joined today by Anita Tichuk, and she is an associate professor at the University of Houston. Thank you for joining us today, uh, Dr. Tichuk. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're excited to talk with you about some things with regards to myopia. You really are uh, an innovator and a leader in this field, and you uh, are going to talk to us today about a publication that's called Myopia Progression as a Function of Sex, Age, and Ethnicity. Now, we all know that you know myopia is a problem for younger kids, but tell us a little bit about this sex, age, and ethnicity and what this publication is telling us. Yeah, I mean, with myopia, it's so important since we can't stop it to identify it, right? So Mm -hmm. what this group did is it's a a progression of the Orinda study. So they looked at different categories of children and found that race, uh, sex, uh, age of onset of myopia really factored into the progression of myopia. So we're not just talking about things that factor into onset, but how these kids are going to progress over time, which is critical information for any of us practicing management of myopia to help kind of know what the risk factors are for our demographics. Yeah. So what are the risk factors for these demographics? So for progression alone, so what they ended up doing is they looked at nearly 600 kids and they looked at several factors. They looked at a sex, race, ethnicity, age of onset, Uh, nearsighted parents, outdoor time, near work, everything, right? And what they found is in a multivariate progression model, the things that factored in were sex. So with sex, females will progress more quickly or rapidly than males. And that's across all races and ethnicities. So typically in their study, they saw about 0.1 diopter progression increase of females versus males. Um, For race ethnicity, they found that the Asian population, so the Asian American child is going to progress uh, more rapidly in myopia versus a black child, Native American or Hispanic child. There'll be kind of no significant difference between a white American child, but there is significance with those other classifications. Um, They also found the age of myopic onset. So the younger you are, much like many pathologies, keratoconus, whatever, you, you name it, The younger you are, the more the progression is going to be. So the worse off these kids are going to be with myopia. So when you're talking seven-year-old female Asian child in your chair looking like they're going myopic, that's a different story than 11-year-old black male. And that's useful information, I think. So did did they work into the study uh, anything uh, about the genetics of the parents? You know, were these all uh, Asian children whose parents were myopes and then the the black or the hispanic kids none of them had myopic parents was it was it that or did they have to factor that in somehow so it's interesting because this is an incident study right they're just enrolling kids to see what happens 
right? So mm -hmm. it's observational in that sense. So they yep. weren't recruiting myopes. And you have to think about it. When you're doing studies that are recruiting myopes, typically those kids are going to have myopic parents that want them in that myope study, right? So there are conversations about myopic parents and onset of myopia. But as far as progression, they did ask and they did find out, you know, is parent myopic? Is one, two, whatever. Um, but it didn't affect the progression rates. Once you have onset and you're a myope, you're just going to progress. And it doesn't matter at that point if your parents are myopic or not, you're still going to progress along the same as the other folks, which is really right. interesting. Yeah. And I think that's a key component for us to be thinking about with this whole genetic component. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk a little bit more about, uh, 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 about the, the ethnicity and sure. I'm, I'm kind of curious with, with regards to this, cause we, we know in the Asian population, particularly mm -hmm. in certain Asian countries that they mm -hmm. have a huge incidence. So do we believe yeah. based upon this paper or can this paper really point to it that this is, uh, you know, a, a, an ethnicity disease? I think it's so tough to, to say that because there's so many factors here and you got to remember there is got probably some sort of environmental element here. So my Asian in Singapore versus my Asian in a suburb and whatever city, it's not the same experience, right? And it may not be the same culture. So there's other factors at play. So I think you can generalize this to the Asian American, but I don't think you can say Asians across the board, because again, you're seeing those huge different rates and prevalence and incidence and stuff across the board. So um, I think it's a good conversation for here and a starting point to realize there is a difference there, um, but I don't think you can extrapolate it that far out yet. And was this study a multi-center or a single center study? So Arenda started in as a single in Arenda, California, yes. and when they became clear, they expanded it to several sites. And what they did that was so clever is they had intentional recruitment. So one site, I think uh, Alabama actually was recruiting more of a black population. And then in Houston, they were doing Hispanic and then there was Native American. So they were trying to recruit these ethnicities at pocket sites like that. So they opened it up, which I think was a brilliant way to, to proceed with that. Is is that going to um, is that going to speak to different area the areas of the countries where habits and, and and activities of those areas of the countries may be affecting it? So would the Asian American in one part of the country mm -hmm. be different than an Asian American in a different part of the country? I mean, that's a tough that, question, right? That's exactly right, and they do cite that as kind of a limitation in the study right like they they do live in different cities and you got the south versus the north and seasonal and sunlight and all that stuff but like i said it was progression and they said that outdoor time from what they saw didn't really matter and there's some other factors that didn't factor in so um i don't think you can say that you know i don't know if an asian and southern socal in new york are going to respond exactly the same um, right. but it's a good starting place i think and it really opens up the conversation for knowing your demographic and your clinic and where you live and what that might mean for you and your practice. Mm -hmm. I think the big component that we can take away from this particular study is exactly what the conclusions are. And uh, they're not really a surprise to many of us. Maybe the gender one is a little bit of a surprise yeah. and it kind of speaks to, you know, really keeping a close eye out for things. But if we do have one group of patients that is a different ethnicity and is younger, mm -hmm. we may be more aggressive with our treatments. Right. I think that's the thing that we kind of be thinking in a takeaway. Yeah, my biggest takeaways are probably you get the most, 
you know, I hate to monetize it or anything, but you get the most bang for your buck young, yeah. right? They're progressing faster, younger. So that first year of progression, every year it's going to drop off a little bit, the, how much progression per year. So the earlier you get them right at that onset of myopia, your treatment effects going to be really good uh, and you're going to get more out of it, right? Because they're progressing more. Yeah. I also think it opens up the conversation when you're doing a treatment, it's not going to look across the board. You know, this seven-year-old and this seven-year-old, if they have different risk factors, if one progresses a half diopter and one progresses a quarter, well, for that half diopter Asian patient, that might be 50% reduction, right? Because we know they're going to progress more, right? So you yeah. can't you can't standardize it. So you have to be careful talking in absolutes with the parents because, you know, for your child, the progression mapping shows that this, this is about on par for a half reduction, right? And that might, Timmy and Sally might be different and there's other factors at play. So I think we just have to keep that in mind before we start thinking, oh, this isn't working or change this or add this. Um, to arm ourselves with that knowledge. Yeah, the beautiful about the thing about the study is that it it doesn't really contra uh, it, it it doesn't really counter any of the studies that are out there, and it really just kind of goes to support um, what we already know. And I I, I love that about this study. Uh, Dr. Tichuk, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Uh, your perspectives on this and your perspective about myopia and what you share with us as a profession is always very much appreciated. And thank you for joining us for this episode. We look forward to having you join us next time and uh, stay tuned for more great content uh, from the American Academy of Optometry. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen.